Welcome back to Love God and Your Neighbor. This is Laura Hutchinson, as usual, pastor of First Christian Church in Anniston, Alabama. I'm so glad you're here. Today we continue on with the second sermon in the sermon series, Jesus Says I Am. We're going to be talking about Jesus says that he is the bread of life and talking about what that bread means and what what it means to have the bread of life as opposed to just the regular kind of bread we eat every day. Here is a call to worship. Some of us come this morning wanting to be spiritually fed, to be filled with the living word. We gather to feast on the bread of life, the only bread that eternally sustains us. Whether we come after eating a hearty breakfast or plan a big lunch, it is not the nourishment of our physical bodies that gives us life and fulfillment. It is the word of God. Let us worship God together. Amen. The scripture comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 25 through 35 and 45 through 51. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered him, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. 
and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Now, I think a lot of people developed a lot of new hobbies throughout the pandemic. I've heard see people do things on, online. I've been seeing people who were gardening or baking or cooking or painting or remodeling furniture. Everyone's kind of like created or started a new hobby just because we were stuck at home with nothing else to do. Well, sometime last summer, I decided that I wanted to learn how to bake bread. So typical of me, I got a book because that's how I learned how to do things. I got the book, it's called Bread Baking for Beginners by Bonnie O'Hara, and I read the whole thing, cover to cover, and then I read chapters one and two like four or five more times. Because as I learned, and as I was reading, I realized that baking bread is as much of a science as it is an art. And I just wanted to make sure that I got it right. Then I realized that there were some things that I needed as I was reading and I didn't have all of the equipment and so I had to get things like a food scale and um, you know and a thermometer and yeast of course and then I had to um, I had to get a pot that with a lid on it that could go in the oven so I bought myself a Dutch oven and I got all of those things and then one fine day I decided to finally tackle making bread I had been learning about it and reading about it and making purchases for weeks and I finally decided maybe I should actually try and make some bread now. Did you know that the temperature of the room is a determining factor when baking bread? I didn't know that before. How hot you make the water that you add to the yeast determines how, uh, how warm the, is determined by how warm the room is. And how long you let the bread prove is determined by how warm the room is. And if you let it prove too long, the dough will collapse in the oven. So you want to get it all just right. In other words, there are a lot of details that go into the process of baking bread. But ultimately I learned that baking bread entails an awful lot of waiting. You mix the dough, you put a towel over it, and you let it sit for a while. Then you knead and fold the dough and you cover it and you let it rest for a longer while. In fact, the author literally says to go get a cup of tea and read a book. Then you move the dough from the bowl to a basket and you let it prove for an even longer while. And then All this time, you're letting the yeast do its job by fermenting and creating air in the dough to help it rise to that nice, rounded shape. Then you transfer it from the basket into the Dutch oven, and you let it bake until it is golden brown. But then comes the best part. Slicing that warm bread, that loaf of gorgeous, crusty, fresh from the oven bread, and spreading it with melting butter 
The satisfaction of eating bread like that is beyond. It is comforting and delicious, it's nourishing, and it is life-giving. But these days we are taught that bread is practically the devil, aren't we? Carbs are bad, white flour is evil, and we must avoid them at all costs, right? But it is a fact that human beings have sustained their lives with the blessing of bread since the first loaf went into the fire eons ago. Bread is a symbol of life as it keeps our bodies fueled, and it also gives life to the family bonding, to to our social lives, and to the society itself. Breaking bread is what we call it when we sit down to a table with loved ones to eat food and to share stories of our days and to open our hearts to one another. Breaking bread is a sacred act shared with family and friends. And so when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, it is a statement so loaded with meaning that it takes time and contemplation to fully understand it, if we ever get to fully being able to fully understand it. For one thing, bread brings people together, right? Breaking bread with friends and loved ones makes us closer to one another. Eating meals together as a family, it has been literally proven that sit-down dinners with our families helps children grow up more successful in school, in their relationships, and in life in general. Even breaking bread with strangers allows us to get to know new folks, to create a kind of bond with people that only a shared meal can do. So if that's that's what bread made from wheat, grain, and yeast can do for us, then what does Jesus' version of bread do? If Jesus is the bread of life, the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die, then what kind of fellowship does Jesus create? Well, Jesus is the bread that brings us into fellowship with God. It brings us around a different table, right? Set by our Creator. And it allows us to know God in new and wonderful ways. It tears down the barriers that we erect throughout our lives, and it allows us to become a part of God's family once more. That is one of the reasons, or one of the ways, that the bread of life gives life to us. For Jesus to say, I am the bread of life, he is saying that he gives life to our connection with God. He gives life that means more than merely breathing on this earth. He gives life that is unlike anything this world has to offer. In our scripture today, we find Jesus being chased down by the crowds that are clamoring for more of Jesus' bread. This is the same crowd that experienced Jesus' miracle of taking five loaves of bread and three fish and 
feeding thousands upon thousands of people until they were full. And now, hours later, they're hungry for more. But Jesus tells them, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. The bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Another factor of that totally loaded claim that he is the bread of life is that Jesus makes an important distinction here. There is a huge difference between what we think we need and what we actually need. You are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you had your fill of the loaves. You see, while all of the people have an inherent, all people, all of us, everyone, we have an instinctively inherent instinct to protect and sustain this life that we are living now. But there is another, more important life that we should be worried about. And the bread that was, has grown has The bread that this crowd has just eaten only addresses the lesser of the two lives they are living. Unfortunately, their concern for their physical hunger causes them to miss the fact that their Savior performed the most amazing display of divine power right in front of them. And now they're here again asking for the wrong thing, hoping to sustain the wrong life. It's like being a prisoner of war and having Superman fly into your internment camp and you ask him, instead of flying you home to safety, if he has any crackers in his pocket. But more often than not, it's difficult to imagine anything more important than addressing the need that is right in front of you, isn't it? It's even more difficult to imagine that there's anything more important than the life we are living right now. I mean, difficult, it's downright impossible, really, for us to truly understand how fleeting life really is and how permanent eternal life must be. If we look at it like a gigantic pie the size of this room, can you imagine a pie as big as this entire room? What's your favorite kind of pie? Blackberry pie. Okay, we have a giant blackberry pie in this room. And our life is represented by this tiny little crumb that falls off of the crust right there. That's, that's this life, right? The rest of what's left of this gigantic pie is what we get with God after all of this is over. So which thing, which part of that pie, the crumb or the rest of it, do we really want to try and protect? Is it the crumb? No, of course not. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes 
has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. With the renewed fellowship that we have with God that comes from the bread that Jesus offers, we're given a gift of eternal life. If we can ever find a way to grasp the magnitude of what that means, if we can ever fully wrap our minds around what eternity looks like, then the problems that we face today will suddenly hold no power over us. Jesus is saying that if we believe in Jesus, the only problem we really have, which is death, is no longer a problem. And all of the other problems, like hunger and thirst, are no longer an issue either. I mean, think of it like this. For me, the anticipation of getting my taxes done is stressful enough to make me nauseous. I hate tax season. When I was younger, it was even worse. When I was younger, my anxiety attacks about getting my taxes done were so intense that very often I would have to cancel appointments with my CPA one, two, maybe sometimes three times before I finally made it in there to get it done. But you know what? The fact is that my taxes don't mean anything in light of eternal life, do they? I mean, I'm going to be really upset if I find out that I have to pay taxes when I get into heaven. I I will admit that. That's going to be a bad day for me if I find that out. But seriously, what is a little paperwork now in light of eternal life? In fact, what is money in light of eternal life? And beyond that, what's a mortgage or a difficult school assignment or an argument with a loved one or a broken leg? <laughs> I can't believe I put that in my sermon and I fell down this morning. What is, a bro- what is a sprained ankle in light of eternal life, right? Or a missed meal or a cruel word yelled at you or a terrible president or a difficult marriage or an inept parent? Or even a war. What hold does any of that have on us when we know that Jesus has offered us forever with him in perfect joy, perfect love, perfect peace? The crowds of people were hungry and looking for more bread to eat. But they didn't even realize how hungry they really, really were. Yes, their stomachs were growling for their next meal, but they were starving for spiritual nourishment. They were bereft of the relationship that they were missing with God. Their souls were malnourished, crying out for just a sip of the Holy Spirit. And they were asking Jesus, the key and the door to God, to everything they were missing. They were asking Jesus 
essentially to make him a sandwich. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The problems that we face in this life, they are difficult. They can be. The sermon is not meant to diminish those problems and those trials. No, what this sermon strives to do is to put the trials and tribulations of life into perspective with eternal life. Eternal life with God. In the same way that the crowd's hunger for more bread was countered with the offer of the bread of life, all of our needs and concerns are countered with an offer of eternal life, of perfection. God certainly cares for our needs in this life, and like Jesus feeding those 5,000, God sees to our needs as well. But Jesus tells us that these problems are fleeting. And if we believe in him, we will never be hungry, we will never be thirsty, we will never want, we will never need, we will never hurt We will never fear. We will never be separated from God ever again, forever and ever. Amen. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you? Do you want the bread of life? If so, say amen. 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 Scattered and sown, wheat gathered and grown, bread broken and shared as one, the living bread of God, fine fruit of the land, wine work of your hands, one cup that is shared by all, the living cup. not the bread we break or sharing in our Lord. He's not the cup we bless, the blood of Christ our Lord. The seed which falls on rock will wither and will die. The seed within the ground will flower So may the 